hello and welcome to The Cast of Us, a podcast dedicated to The Last of Us on HBO and brought to you by the lovely Fan Critical Podcast Network. Uh, today, for the deep dive, we have the whole faction of survivors. Uh, welcome again to our little Gaz, who has proven his weakness in the group by getting sick again. Yeah, this I'm is like survivor the though, time survivor in 12 months early I, honestly Mental. honestly mate i'm i'm just gonna sit in the corner and not mm. speak because i've definitely got some sort of mushroom disease yeah um, we joked about it in the preview podcast that you get sick all the time and this is just you know for new listeners you know he's something's always wrong with this kid mm. and now he's patient zero again and um just stay away, all right? Well, didn't I was with to... you the other night. I was with you the other night, and now I'm very concerned. Yeah, so about you my... gave it to me, probably, Well-being. in a way. Mm. He seems all right. Yes, maybe I am immune. Uh, also joining us this week is our unspoiled survivor, a man with a temper as vicious as Joel's. It's John. Yeah, cheers, mate. I'd like to say that I don't have a temper, but that would be in complete contrast to the conversation we literally just had before this uh, mm. Yeah. Pod yeah. started, so yeah. it's all good. It's all good. Makes it sound like we were arguing, but we really weren't. We just <laughs> Definitely not. Have a, no, de- we're not. We're all friends. Don't you worry. Mm. Okay, so never argue. Anyway, now of course, listeners will be with you every single week, giving you our overall thoughts, rating the episode, uh, then heading uh, to our very own patented clicker corner. Yeah, for all the video game Easter eggs, and of course, <laughs> there are spoilers from this point onwards. And uh, this is going to be interesting because I'd love to hear what John thinks about the episode. Mm. So uh, let's do it then, shall we, lads? Uh, We've had a day or so to digest the episode. Yummy, (laughs) yummy episode. Good (laughs) choice of words. Me and Gaz have already given our our hot takes in Mm. the Hot Take podcast, which comes out straight after the episode airs. And we gave it glowing um, reviews at that point. John, you're an interesting one because thanks. you you have a knowledge. <laughs> thanks, yeah. You have a knowledge of the source material, but you didn't really play the game. So you're coming at this show, uh, at least for for our group, uh, as you know, unspoiled, uninfected, unsullied, mm. uh, unsullied. He's like yeah. the the non book reader of this. Yeah, mm. exactly mm. right. Which is a very fascinating angle. Um, so I'm interested to hear what you want to say, John. Um, of course, we will be using the blueberry system, which is zero to five blueberries. There can be no halves. No halves. Five being the best, zero being the worst. John, take it away. Your thoughts on the season premiere of The Last of Us? Uh, bloody good, wasn't it? It was very good. Um, yeah, boy. I, uh, I need to caveat this a little bit. Boo. Uh, when I watched this last night, um. So Michelle, who's my wife, um. So loads of single women just turning off now, but and some men as well. <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake! Um, how how is Michelle? Has she left you yet? <laughs> <laughs> um, which she will do after this. Uh, after this show, she has an irrational fear of zombies. Like, that's not irrational. That's perfectly. That's not irrational. No, it is irrational. No, because wow. it's fiction, isn't it? Yeah, it's like going. I'm not going out because it? it's a full moon tonight because there might be werewolves. So like, they don't exist in England. Obviously, they exist in other countries. <laughs> um, so uh, I spent about an hour last night <laughs> trying to convince her that she has to watch this show because it's going to be the next big show. And she was like, well, The Walking Dead was a big show, and I never watched that. And I was like, mm. yeah, but, you know, it's not HBO, is it? That's right. Um, and also, she watched Game of Thrones, and they've got White Walkers. They're basically zombies. Um, yep. She wasn't having it. So last night was a bit awkward because... You know, from once Ella, my daughter, once she's asleep, you've got probably about three hours of social time as a couple and I spent 50% of that watching something she didn't want to watch. So <laughs> stuck it on, got my um, 
got my Sony noise cancelling headphones synced up to the TV. And immediately I was like, oh my God, this is good. Because it really mm. builds the tension. Um, oh, yeah. And so I did say to caveat this at, at the beginning, uh, <clears throat> zombie-esque, because um, I know they're not quite zombies. They are. Um, yeah. So sort of 28 yeah. days later, they're it's not. like, no, they're not. It's rage, isn't it? Yeah. Infected humans, yeah. I'm telling so, you now, if a human's dead and then they're reanimated and they're eating someone's face off, that's a zombie, man. I'm telling you. Um, Technically, they're not dead, these humans. Well, maybe they, some are. Anyway, continue. Uh, so anyway, um, it's my favourite subgenre, I would say. Um, so even when I watch really terrible zombie films and, you know, me and Gaz covered, what was it, like Day of the Dead Bloodline or something? Something garbage. Awful. You watched um, that with me, Len. That was fun. Yeah, you did, yeah. I did. I did. And even Sham- that piece Shamble. of shit Shambles. was um, quite enjoyable. So I knew I was going to love this anyway. Um, and then you throw in Pedro Pascal, who's brilliant in everything. Len, I know you didn't like Narcos, but he's brilliant yeah, in that. Yeah. He's brilliant in Game of Thrones. He's brilliant as the Mandalorian. So you know he's going to be good. Brilliant as Joel. And now he's brilliant <laughs> yeah. as Joel. Um, a Mandalorian. Yeah, <laughs> Mandalorian, yeah. So he plays a woman in that. Um, but it was, as expected, um, well-paced, brilliant music, full of tension. Uh, you're already sold on uh, the characters. There's, a, there's some immediate heartbreak. Um mm. The world building already, you know, is going to be amazing. The budget has obviously gone to create something that looks phenomenal. I know Gaz will talk about this, and so I'll, I'll let him go on about the uh, uh, the liminal spaces element of it. Um, just a, a superb first episode. Um, well up there with... Uh, first episode of Game of Thrones, uh, first episode of Watchmen. You know, you watch it and it's mm-hmm. like, oh, can I watch episode two now? Yeah, I'll turn into a zombie and attack people in the street for episode two. <laughs> I need it. Um, it's a five bloob, obviously it is. Um, it uh, perfect choice to start and end. Uh, the plot where they did. Um, big shout out to the, the actress that plays his daughter. You know, she's in it for 30 minutes. Um, I hope she yep. gets other things as well because Nico. she did a lot with she her. fantastic, yeah. Yeah, she did a lot with her very short time. I'm mm. very much looking forward to the rest of this season. Um, I'm going to find it quite hard to pick out any real negatives, actually. So I'd be interested to see because I think we should. I think, you know, we are fan critical. No, we are. So we do tend to give it's some fun. things a kicking at points, but um, we'll, we'll do that in a bit. But I, I will, uh, I digress. I'll, I'll end there by saying five bloobs, excellent. I expect the rest of the season also to be fantastic. And and actually, I'll, I'll leave you with this. I know there was some criticism over how harsh I was on House of the Dragon. Now you see. This is what well-crafted storytelling is. You watch an episode like this, you don't even have to think about giving it a five bloob. Whereas if House of the Dragon, it was like, oh, go away, too much. <laughs> um, so I'll even let them off with the timestamps. You know, it made sense. Oh, it made that sense. was in my notes. So there yeah. you go, five bloobs right. from me. Well, lovely uh, treat for you there, listeners, and uh, anyone new to the show. John is... If he gives something a five, you you know it's really up there, okay? Because he's the negative one. All right. <laughs> now we're going to throw it to the small, malnourished, uh, dying man <laughs> in the corner, the one that I've been keeping alive for decades now, uh, somehow mm. finding enough rations to keep him going. <laughs> it's Gareth. Um, what are your thoughts, mate, before you, you kick it? For a perish. Well, cheers. Cheers for that intro. Um, uh, 
I'm going to surprise you all. I've had time to think and it's not that good, is it? (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully he does perish, to be honest. Yeah. Um, No, I think think John made a point. Like, it's going to be hard to find negatives in this and... um, that is, that's a potential problem. I'm like, maybe we should look at something else. Let's let's start watching something else. Go um, out to Westworld. Yeah. <laughs> um, Fuck me, that last season of Westworld, abysmal. <laughs> I think um, it's interesting because of the runtime of like, what was it, an hour 20, a good, like over a third of it really is is told from the perspective of a character that isn't in it from that point onwards um mm-hmm. and that that's kind of um that's a very brave choice and there have been there have been movies and shows that have done similar things where they kind of misdirect you into thinking um somebody's going to be a main character and then oh no they're dead moving on um game of thrones even actually um but um Obviously, it's it's different for us who have got knowledge of the game, but I think one of the big things in terms of the marketing of this show is that they're not just targeting people who've played the game. They're looking to cast the net wider. So I would be really interested to see how people found um, the death of Sarah. Her death is the driving force behind everything um, that Joel does. And... Mm. So we can look at that and the choice to extend that scene and go, well, this is fantastic because they are, they're they're building upon what already exists. They're building upon that character development. And and really that is about, it's about Joel rather than Sarah. (laughs) Sorry, Gaz. Um, So we're obviously doing this podcast with, you know, live, we can see each other. And yep. Len is frequently Ow. going for the most camp way to fan himself. <laughs> it's so off-putting, honestly. It's, it's like so he's like trying to fight back tears. It's yeah. <laughs> it's thirty-nine degrees mm. outside yeah. or something ridiculous. I am in this office, which has no aircon because I'm recording, so I don't want any. You know, I'm doing it for you, dear listeners. I want this to be sound as good as possible. It's a hot box in here, okay? I'm doing my best. Yeah. Continue, Gary. Un- Give it a bloody score. I'm unbuttoning <laughs> this shirt. Um, Too much. I love it. I can't wait to see beyond the walls of Boston. Um, and it looks like we're launching straight in, um, which is so exciting. And it is obviously, of course, five blueberries. It's, um, yeah, what a cracking start. Lovely. Um, well, I'm not going to keep everyone uh, waiting for my score. It's a five. Um and if anything, I'm usually the hype man of the group. Um, and as I said in the hot take episode, uh, they exceeded my expectations uh, with this adaptation. I am <laughs> the member of the group who has played the game six times from start to finish. Too many. Um, and I'm doing a playthrough uh, with the show as well, which you'll be interested <laughs> to know. It's quite going to be quite fun. Um, what does that mean? And so you stop where the show that, stops. Yeah, that's right. Right, that's right, John. You are a clever, clever man. <laughs> I've always said that about you. You're gonna be fucked when they change it. Yeah. Oh yeah, that would be interesting, wouldn't it? Getting the helicopter. Um, yeah. Do you know what's funny? When I did my last playthrough, there wasn't a bit in a in the sixties. So I don't know what I did for that bit, but you um, just acted it out. No. It, it, you know, I, I consider myself the, the an expert on the game, a mega fan. So if anything, there would be things you'd think with video game adaptations that would really annoy me. Because video game adaptations, as we said in the preview podcast, are usually terrible. Um, or never live up to uh, the community's desires. And this, you know, is just almost perfection from a series premiere. I, the runtime felt perfect even though it's an hour 20 it, it just it, it it went along so well the tension the peaks the troughs just in this first episode and like you said john you're immediately attached to the characters and we'll touch on it later but the the ability of uh neil and, and craig first name terms obviously uh to <laughs> essentially trust the audience and not go 
with heavy expositional dialogue and and things there's so much information that's just like the game environmentally told to you and i think that is really important and it makes it seem so much more cultured and nuanced than some of the trash that we get on tv these days so for me it's a five and yeah like ecstatic to be covering the show ecstatic to be talking about it uh, every week and uh, long may the five blueberries continue now we're going to have a short musical interlude and some adverts and then when we get back uh, we'll jump straight into the plot scene by scene uh, before moving on to click a corner and all those delicious video game easter eggs see you on the other side boys let's jump straight into the plot and we open in 1968 with a talk show of sorts discussing a global pandemic how timely uh, one contributor describes the real danger being fungi and how certain strains can take over the minds of billions and end humanity bit arrogant though isn't he <laughs> he is very <laughs> arrogant um did crack me up how uh, we talked about this in the hot take, but how fucking stupid this chat show is. Like the host, the host of the chat show, clicking his pen and just like having a bit of uh, a bit of banter. Mm. Where do you get your LSD? <laughs> <laughs> I like to. It's good. Yeah. Very, very um, Watchman, wasn't it? It was very, very Watchman, John. Mm. Yeah. And that, you know, Watchmen, great show on HBO, also great graphic novel, but we covered uh, Watchmen, HBO's iteration, and it did feel at home uh, with that sort of content. Mm. Um, I thought it's interesting here that, of course, he mentions, uh, as one of the fungi, he mentions Cordyceps, the Cordyceps strain, um, and that is the one that actually prevails and uh, takes over the world. And it's a real-world fungus, and in fact, uh, like... Uh, the show says events like that could be possible, which is quite a terrifying for <laughs> in a way because fungal did a bit of reading about it. Obviously uh, <laughs> fungal infections are, Brilliant. there's just no, no precedent for them. So if they did happen, we'd be fucked basically. Mm. The irony though, mm. that something called fungi would make you the opposite. So sad. The opposite. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Angry guy. Mm. That is true. Uh, <laughs> angry guy and then uh, of course we fast forward to 2003 we're with the Millers uh, Sarah her father Joel and his brother Tommy it's uh, coincidentally Joel's birthday and Sarah decides to take his broken watch to get it fixed for him which is a lovely gesture I've written here in my notes shame that she didn't pay for it herself really well buy a new one yeah well Gareth with his money yeah she had to take more than $60 in a way well, you can get you can get some little like Mickey Mouse ones for true for twenty plus Casios. Change. They were in they were back in fashion a little while ago, weren't they? Those little Casio they watches. Are now, yeah. In two in two thousand three, probably probably was in uh, in fashion. Timeless. It's not a very good watch, then, is it? <laughs> <laughs> I do like that the fact that they're giving Sarah uh, more time in this version of the story. Um, and it makes the the payoff uh, all the more tragic. And the fact that we've just had that little opening um, mm. talking about a pandemic means that essentially it's tense as soon as you you know the, the scene opens up with Sarah waking up. That there's constant tension building throughout these scenes, which I thought was really good. Mm. Um, so Joel says he's going to work late. And uh, when he gets back from work, Sarah gives him the present. Um, and then they settle into a bit of Curtis and the Viper 2, which I've put here in my notes. Looks like a cracking option for the worst of Netflix. <laughs> so, Curtis and the Viper 2, is that what it was? 
Yeah. Is there a Curtis yeah. in the Viper One, or is it just? Well, Gareth it went straight to. There'll be, there'll be. Yeah. There'll be more on Curtis in the Viper later in Clicker Corner. So Ooh. stick around for Ooh. that. That's good. Ooh. Sarah falls asleep, bless her, and Joel um, has to go bail Tommy out of jail because he's gotten himself into trouble with the law. And then when Sarah wakes up, all hell begins to break loose, especially when Sarah bumps into Nana. Now, boys, how terrifying is Nana? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, before the virus. Agreed. Did the um, so the, She's scary. The, the old man on the floor with his, you know, his throat. Oh. bitten or whatever was he yeah. trying to yeah did he try to say something i couldn't quite make it out help me he said he said help oh, me oh is that what he said yeah yeah, yeah. right yeah. why don't you just say run you're dead mate yeah i know <laughs> selfish, <laughs> bastard. selfish well yeah it's the fungus talking john it's the fungus talking <laughs> help me <laughs> help me fungi. let me then let me suck your face off yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah terrifying i have to say yeah they are terrifying. I have to say, uh, Nana was a step up from the version of events in the game. Mm. Um, they definitely, you know, really dialed it up here to make it a little bit more creepy. Um, also to note that these little fungus tendrils that are coming out of her mouth, mm. I thought were pretty cool. Disgusting. Um, they are not, they're not really something that happens in the game. The infection's airborne or sp- spread through spores and they've got rid of that in the show so they're going for this more tendrily you know you see them later on just sort of like sucking on their individuals which sounds dodgy or whatever but like don't worry about it can they do that on hbo can they (laughs) they can do whatever they want on hbo john yeah you know that um yeah so is that right they're not going to do spores at all no spores oh fair enough yeah maybe we we think it's because of the gas masks uh, and there would be a lot of like people going, "Oh, there's no way he didn't breathe in some spores there." And then, <laughs> do you know what I mean? And yeah. it's just easier to avoid those. Well, I was looking forward to saying that in like episode four or five, but yeah, yeah, well. yeah, yeah. They saw you coming, mate. Mm. They saw you coming and thought, oh, "Fuck this!" John's going to kick off. So do a little creepy out the mouth instead. Ugh, horrible, isn't it? <laughs> um, I said, John, in the hot take, I said, have you seen Blade 2? It's like Blade 2 when the vampires do that weird uh, thing they do. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Um, terrible. Terrible. Yes. I thought it was interesting here, and I was listening to the official Last of Us podcast. Whoa, whoa, don't listen whoa. to them. What are you doing? Don't, don't give them listens. <laughs> no, don't give them. They've got enough money. Yeah, don't give them money. They've got no money. I'll tell so... you how you can give us. Yeah. We've got no money. I'll tell you later how you can give us money. Don't you worry, listeners. Um but uh, they were talking about how, and I thought it was interesting, how the virus has the capacity to heal, like, you know, fix all of her ailments, mm. like her lack of mobility, the neuromuscular diseases that she has. Uh, but also, it's like a curse in a way. And I, and I was thinking yeah. to myself, yeah, only <laughs> downside is you become a fungi monster. Um, so, Gaz, this could be your solution, mate. Yeah. This could be the thing. That fixes you permanently. No more injuries, no more illnesses. Mm. We just give you the cordyceps virus, and then we lock you up somewhere. Mm. But at least you're like always going to be consistent. Yeah, right. Good. Yeah. How many bloobs this week, Gaz? No, don't do the thing out the mouth because you can't. You can't pick that up on the record. <laughs> Gaz, put your tendrils away. Put your fucking little tendrils it's like, away. It's like four right? tendrils he's given it out of about seventeen. Look. <laughs> <laughs> rude to count another man's tendrils so. <laughs> that is true <laughs> oh dear put them away put them away right bloody hell anyway I've written next here Joel turns up and clocks Nan with a wrench <laughs> yeah clock <laughs> yeah after he got I've his, got, his watch fixed as well <laughs> um uh, as he, Tommy and Sarah try to escape the chaos. In town, as the military close a border around the city, a plane crashes, knocking them all unconscious. Joel carries an now injured Sarah, but as they escape the infected, a soldier stops them and receives orders to kill them. He shoots and is about to execute them until Tommy saves the day. Sadly, though, Sarah is fatally wounded 
leaving Joel clutching his dead daughter in his arms. Brutal. So, John, as a non-game player, what did you make of this whole sequence and the way it was shot? Yeah, I mean, you keep saying non-game player. I played that bit. (laughs) Yeah, I know you did, but Um, you know what I mean. Well, I I was going to say, actually, so um, I was megally impressed with the car journey. Megally. Um, Mm. Megally. Felt like a video game. Uh, And they absolutely shot it in that way. Like, you feel like you're the fourth person in the car. Um, yep. The like the the static camera with like the car moving as it as it does. It's I mean it was brilliant. Mm. Um, mm. N- there is no comparison, obviously. But when they <laughs> when Dwayne the Rock Johnson uh, starred in Doom the movie, oh for fuck's there's, sake! There's uh, you're not going to tell me the sequence at the there's end. There's a first person bit, isn't there, where they're like, right, this is yeah, now going is to be, and you've got like, so the gun is steel, and then everything else is like it's frames per shambolic. second. Um, I think if that Doom film didn't exist, they never would have made The Last of Us, the TV series. How about that? <laughs> um, <laughs> Imagine that. I loved it. It was really good, and. Uh, uh, I'd imagine, I mean, just the capturing of that chaos, uh, the the bit where you've just got people just going mental in the street. I mean, not let's not even mention the fact that a plane crashes into the road, but then you've got looks Joel great. on his... Effects looks great. Yeah. Um, you've got Joel, that bit where he's standing there with his daughter, she's obviously twisted or broken her ankle um and he walks into that alleyway he can't go back and he's just looking at like 11 um zombies tendril boys um uh eating away gobbling away you would just this is what i'm talking about where i'm like i would just kill myself immediately if there was a zombie outbreak because <laughs> no I <clears throat> yeah, my voice is going. Look, I'm nervous about it now. All that he's upset. talk. Don't um, it's an irrational fear. It is an irrational fear. Um, but I live in Tower Hamlets in East London, mm. so I think it could kick off at any time here. To be honest, it's a bit of a grim place. Yeah. Um, be prepared. The bit where he's running away from that <laughs> that one fun guy. Who smashes into the door, <laughs> smashes into all of the plates and stuff and the chairs through the door. Yeah. Yeah. Terrifying, wasn't it? You know, just slow down a bit, mate. <laughs> you'd, you'd have a much better success rate if you just chilled out. He's a raw talent. Yeah. You know, if he got some coaching, <laughs> he's Harness just going 110% speed, all the time. His hamstrings must he be. He be a champion. Yeah. Well, actually, not with the, well, they, the, the fungi. They've been reinforced. Power. They've been reinforced with funky, mate. Mm. Yeah, those hamstrings are solid, more solid than ever. Yeah, that is true. I uh, yeah, I think keeping the point of view from you know Sarah uh, for a lot of it, and having that you know that locked off camera in the car like the game, it it just it just looked um, it already looked amazing in the game. It looked incredible uh, when they've realised it in the adaptation here, and like. If you actually look at some of the side-by-side images, it's, it's almost a one-to-one with the game at times. And it's amazing how well that's translated, actually. Because um, you could think that was quite like a gamified thing. Sort of running um, like a video game character, character as well. Like. <laughs> <laughs> There's a bit where he runs into the wall. Yeah. Yeah. Just uh, <laughs> and then takes a little half step back and you have to start sprinting again. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, like that whole sequence I thought was just incredible. And it all culminated in the death of Sarah, which even though I've seen um, that sequence so many times. Yeah, uh, why do you keep playing that it, bit? It, yeah, just that bit over yeah, and over again. Um, I was I was in tears, man. I Genuinely, I was feeling quite emotional yesterday as well. Don't know why. Just woke up that way. And <laughs> then... Um, okay. No, yeah, yeah, I'm all right, yeah. And uh, <laughs> then I was watching Last of Us. And obviously, like, I think it was, I said this in the hot take, it's just that moment where I sort of realised that this is going to be fucking brilliant. Um, 
but also like Pedro Pascal holding his daughter there covered in blood and just the expressions that he got I was like oh my word this is powerful stuff um and I love it. I mean it's brutal but I absolutely loved it obviously uh, but heart was broken um <laughs> and Gaz you mentioned this now that we're all parents it it resonated even more yeah I can't I can't I can't keep watching it and like let's try to watch a few kind of feed yeah um oh let's rewind that bit again <laughs> i was trying to watch a few like instant reaction things i can't because they keep they just keep playing that scene over and over to talk about how brilliant it is and mm. it is brilliant but i don't i don't need to keep seeing it i'm done with it now thanks <laughs> cheers mm. done with it um all right well, i'll tell you what's let's weird done with it too um okay let's not because oh, no, no, ju- but yeah. just on that i think it's important as, as we're all Go parents on. we uh the way in which we watch media now is is different and uh i, I kind of first started getting that with stranger things and hopper and 11 you know i'd lump in my throat to be honest on on a number of occasions um I'll see a doctor about that mate but <laughs> no, it's the tendrils yeah uh, i know you got mate 17 um, of them yeah, now we've had a few people in here with that actually. Um, it's so when I saw that scene yesterday, I was uh, look, I was emotional, but I mean, and I I knew it was coming, so it's kind of you you kind of prep yourself for it. I'll be totally honest, I was more heartbroken. Uh, I'm not going to do any spoilers here, but in the Mandalorian <laughs> with oh, God. Mando. And Grogu, at the end of season two, that kills me more than this scene does. It's bizarre. Well, I will say that that end scene of Mando season two is fucking incredible and still one of the best. I just didn't see it coming, John. We won't talk about that here, no. but Jesus Christ. Yep. Pedro again. It's fucking smashing yeah, Pedro it. Pedro plays Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> let's move on. Uh, and let's move on 20 years, in fact. Uh, because <laughs> we fast long forward. Pod. Yeah, very long. We fast forward and we see Boston in the year 2023, completely overtaken by nature. And in the distance, a quarantine zone, a boy on the verge of death collapses just outside and is saved. Hurrah! Gaz, it's a little girl, isn't it? Oh, my God. I think it's a boy. Uh, I think it's a boy. saw a review saying it was a little girl. Looked like a boy to me. Yeah, I thought it looked like a little boy, but... Non-binary. Well, there you go. Non-binary, John, that's fine. There you go. Well, Bella um, Ramsey is um, gender fluid. So. I did see that. I did see that article, actually. Um, fair play. Fair play, Bella. Uh, we support you. Um, now, they promise him all the food and toys that he wants as they medicate him. And I've written here in my notes, and this is obviously a lie. Finally, something nice. That's good, wasn't um, it? And I left the room, yeah, so lovely. I didn't see the next I, five minutes. But I'd imagine that kid <laughs> had the best time ever. Big character didn't he? in a toy shop. Big character <laughs> with, with with candy floss. Yeah, they got the same toy shop in Home Alone too. So he's having the mm-hmm. best time ever. Honestly, he's yeah. buzzing that it's brilliant, you know, yeah. fun guys have taken over the world. And that's the last time we see see him. And so, that's it. Um, yeah, I'd imagine he mm-hmm. has the best existence ever. Oh uh, well, I've actually written here. Sorry, guys, just seen this in my notes. Uh, we then see. Um, a group of survivors burning bodies so this must be when you're out the room Uh, a woman sees a body in the truck and she can't do it and asks a man or as we see joel to burn the kid (laughs) yeah we just saw what well hold on Um, no no she goes i can't do this because there was a kid that came in earlier was wearing the same trainers a bit like that so (laughs) oh yeah yeah and I'm babysitting him in five minutes, so, <laughs> so I've got to go back. at the toy shop. <laughs> yeah, so that reminds me too much of him. So I'm just going to go to the, the big toy shop where he's definitely safe. Yeah. Yeah. I've written here, it's uh, like Ramsay says in Game of Thrones, if you think this is going to have a happy ending, dot, dot, dot. Um, <laughs> I also Finish think your sentence. that it's obviously, you know, that's it, end of sentence. <laughs> um, it is such a contrast to it's literally like 
two minutes ago in terms of screen time. But um, we see Joel with Sarah in his arms and then he's just dumping this kid in the fire. Mm, yeah. Now, I thought that was pretty powerful stuff, actually, and sort of tells you everything you need to know. <laughs> um, I know you don't like the timestamps, John, but no, uh, they didn't it mind tells you everything this. you need to know. Didn't mind them in this. Mm, mm. Um, we then see Tess, a uh, new character, obviously, uh, being held hostage by Robert uh, on account of the fact he's scared that if Joel finds out he's uh, stolen his battery, he'll kill him. Luckily for Tess, a huge explosion by the Fireflies, a terrorist group in quotation marks, uh, frees Tess, but she's then arrested by Fedra. This is this little like interrogation scene is so well done at the start because like it looks like it's Robert that's being that's in trouble um, and is being interrogated. Yeah, and Weasel Man, and it's like, well, Tess has got a black eye and stuff. It isn't adding up, and she's tied up. Yeah, and she's tied up. She's so she's so powerful, Gareth, isn't she? She's she's so like in control. Um, you almost get the sense that she's also in control of Joel. You know, like Joel is her muscle. You know what I mean? She's the ringleader. She does. She explicitly does say that, to be fair. Yeah. But it's important to know that she can, like, she actually does it. Like, you know what I mean? Because Joel's such an imposing character. Um, You kind of get a real good sense of the chaos in the QZ. Uh, John, what do you reckon to the sort of set design and world building in the in these scenes? I'm gonna. <clears throat> it is. It, so if someone shot this and you knew nothing about what video game it was based on, um, I 100% would be like, "This is Half Life Two. Like it's mm. spot on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The beginning of Half Life Two. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, the way in which the uh, the breakdown of like the little alleyways that lead off into little courtyards and stuff it's exactly like Half Life mm-hmm, Two, mm-hmm. Um, and again I, I I loved it. It's not no scene felt needless or overbearing, and again you're talking about uh, I don't know what the runtime was eighty or ninety minutes. Um, it didn't feel long. Yeah. Um, the you know me i always look out for these extras where i'm like that extra was shit wasn't he or like just some little (laughs) character um i didn't get that at all in this i thought it was very well done um i thought for a moment you were gonna get it with the um the police the guy or the federal officer that um uh that joel's in like as his contact doesn't he look a bit like a budget Jake Gyllenhaal? <laughs> yeah. yeah. But in the end, he was good. He was good. He, yeah. Um, no, no, no. He was good. Yeah. Would you want to live there? Would you just go, oh, I'll just live here? Wouldn't even go out. Uh, yeah, I've just written in, my, I've written in my notes. It's just fucking grim, isn't it? Mm. It's just fucking grim. Yeah. Like, dirty it's house. It's like you survive, for tw- right. you survive for 20 fucking years and this is it. And I guess that's kind of... The point that the Fireflies are trying to, you know, overthrow this oppressive government or faux government that's sort of taken over the United States. Um, mm. I'm sure that will be explored as the season goes on. Um, Joel is trying to get a car together uh, to go and help his brother Tommy, who he believes is in danger. When he sees Tess and how beat up she is, they form a plan to kill Robert and get their battery back. Um <laughs> <clears throat> I put here as a little note in the game. This is this is different. Um, I think uh, Tommy is kind of estranged from Joel in the game, um, and the reason they go to Robert is because he stole a cache of their weapons. And I think this version that they tell in the show is way better. Not only does it connect Joel and Tommy more emotionally, um, but it also you know, Joel's trying to go out there to save his brother. He's he's trying to get these this car together to save his brother, which I think is just a stronger a stronger narrative direction for the character. Uh we see Ellie for the first time uh posing as Veronica, shackled in a room, being held hostage by uh the so called terrorist organization, the Fireflies. She is made to answer lots of questions and tests 
until Marlene, head of the Fireflies, tells her that she is in fact... She's bossy, isn't uh, she, Marlene? She is. Marlene. She is. Uh, she tells her that in fact she has a greater <laughs> purpose than anyone could have imagined. Now, I know, and I'll open this up to the floor, that we were a little bit sceptical about Bella Ramsey's casting, only a little bit, because we just said that um, it's a bit of a leap from Liana to Ellie, um, you know, but um, we talked about this in the hot take. I think me and Gaz have been uh, won over by her, John. How do you feel? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I was never that bothered. Um, uh, she was excellent in Game of Thrones. I think there, there was there was some issue with something that she was in after Game of Thrones, where people said she was terrible in it. Um, is that Dark Materials? I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know what it, it was. personally. Um, but she's been in a couple of things. I think she was nominated um, for an award for one of them, so she can't be that bad. Um, she's very good. Yeah, I thought she was pretty good. Um, I think it's always and the the award for worst actor <laughs> goes to not you. So yeah, <laughs> there you go. Um, <laughs> what sort of an award ceremony is this that you would call that out? Um, anyway, so uh, I think it's always difficult as a child actor in a show like this. I think it takes time yeah, to I agree to build up to them unless you've got Stranger Things where it's the kids together because they, they bounce off one another. Whereas Mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. it's been fairly dark up until the point that her character is introduced um, well, I think she's going to smash it I think she's going to smash it I think she's going to smash mm. it I agree I agree um, we'll talk about her and Joel in a second because there's a couple really good scenes coming up uh, as Joel and Tess head towards Robert's location they discover the, fly the Firefly hideout in which now there are dozens of dead bodies including that of Robert's uh, job done then, eh? Uh, Marlene is wounded and Ellie pounces on Joel with her knife. Marlene stops her and now, with the fireflies severely weakened, she tasks Joel and Tess with smuggling Ellie out of the city in exchange for a vehicle to go save Tommy. They accept. Um, so this is the first time we see Joel and Ellie interacting. Ellie essentially trying to stab Joel. He just sort of brushes her aside, which I thought was, you know... It shows how like powerful he is and how aware of what's going it on he is. Reminded me of um, like you know in the Jungle Book where Mowgli first comes across Baloo and tries to fight him. Okay, yeah, and Baloo just like, holds him off. You must be sick, mate. You, <laughs> you this is fever dreams, mate. That happens in Jungle Book. Baloo kicking his knife off him. That's that's. <laughs> 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 Go sit down in the corner for fuck's sake. Jesus Christ. That is bizarre. Um there's more more jungle book references <laughs> coming, don't worry. King uh, Louis just wounded. Oh God. Look, come on, I haven't got <laughs> time. Um I'll tell you Imagine I'll tell you that. what's weird about this scene. I get the there needs to be some like warmth uh and you know, a little bit of you know humour, banter. But the bit where he's like, look, let's... Uh, or she says, let's have a, a quick chat when they're talking about potentially uh, taking her as cargo. And she's like, yeah, okay, but not too long, so I'm bleeding out. I was yeah. like, it's a yeah. bit weird, isn't it? Like Tonally, I it's completely was... out. And then there's the bit that where it's like... Well, like I'll, it was off. Yeah. yeah, and then there's a bit where, well, no, I'll take her instead. She's like, you've, fuck, you've not even got an ear. I'm like, why are you saying that? <laughs> that looks horrendous. She's shot her ear off. There's no time for yeah. banter there. You know, I felt slightly uncomfortable yeah, no. at the beginning of this podcast when you were calling Gaz, you know, malnourished. Now, if yeah. he was genuinely dying, if <laughs> he had, like, a drip on him yeah. during this pod... I'd be like, we need to change that. Yeah. He's looks quite sad. <laughs> so tonally, that yeah. was bizarre. Mm. I felt they were, yeah. I maybe that was a bit of a forced bit of humour in there, and that's fair enough. I get what they're trying to do because, let's face it, it's pretty grim. A lot of the stuff that we've been seeing but, so far. But the, but then there were, there are were choices um, that they make later, and you get the feeling that <clears throat> throughout the series that that humour is going to come from. Joel and Ellie's like the building of yeah, their of relationship. Yeah, so the it's a yeah. relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 
So if you've got Bagheera dropping one-liners, it's all, no. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off, Bagheera. Yeah. That's um, exactly right. Jesus. Bizarre. Um, really bizarre. Yeah, that, <laughs> she is, Marlene is the Bagheera of this um, of this show. Yeah, yeah I think, yeah. well done. You've managed to find the negative. You found a negative, John. Yeah. You found a negative. It's a very small one, but you, you did find it. So <laughs> there you go, listeners. We're not just praising it. We are being critical as well. Uh, next note I have is Joel and Ellie head back to the flat. Um, and that's it. Um, so I, they have a massive, uh, not massive, but they have a, a few, it's just those two in the in the flat and they have this dialogue, this interaction, um, which I thought was just brilliant. Just there, it's just a few lines. Ellie's clearly a bit scared. Um, and she's asking like, how often do you go out raiding? Like, you know, and Joel, Joel's trying to do the whole gruff, uh, I don't give a fuck, don't talk to me situation, but he can't do it. <laughs> he's, he's sort of, you see those little chinks in his in his armour. Like he starts, not opening up to her, but he's like trying to calm her down or something. And um, I thought it was fantastic. I just, I just, just this moment of quiet before this journey begins uh, with those two, I really enjoyed it. Mm. Yeah. Um, yes. He just doesn't want to get attached. You know, and the and the show has told you why. Um, I mean, the guy has to take pills and you know multiple shots of whiskey to go to sleep. So, you know, he's he's gone mm. through it. He's gone through it a bit. Again, I, I've no idea I why he's not throwing himself off a roof or something. But um, I'm not he's advocating constantly for suicide on this podcast. By the way, um, at least like, share, and subscribe before you do. Um, <laughs> I, uh, what do you make of the, the radio comms and her going, yep. oh, there was, uh, the song, uh, wake me up before you go, go. <laughs> What'd you make of that? <laughs> I really liked uh, it. I, yeah. And what's funny, John is in the hot take, me and Gaz said what our eighties songs would be. That we would use on the radio. No, I, I did hear that. Um, I did hear that. Yeah. What What would yours be? Out of interest. Uh, for what though? For like to end the episode danger. on, or, or danger? Yeah, to end that. To end the episode on. Yeah, to end the episode on. So you know, you, we'll get onto that bit in a minute. But um, come back to it. We've got some scenes in between, so we'll come back to it. Have a yeah, think. Okay, we'll come yeah. back to you, John. You've got time to think. Okay, Lis- listeners, now are like. Well, I can't wait to hear what exactly. he says. And if you want to just agree with me and say Tears for Fears are the best. That was a great shout. Ahead. That was a really good shout. Thanks. It was a good shout. Shout. Mm. Shout. Yeah, no, Let that's very it good. all out. Not that. Yeah, very good. <laughs> um, as night falls, Joel, Ellie and Tess attempt to get out of the city. En route, uh, they are accosted by a soldier. One that Joel provided pills for earlier. As they are getting scanned, Ellie stabs the soldier and Joel then has a PTSD, mm. PTSD type flashback uh, of the soldier who yeah. shot Sarah. Uh, then he proceeds to beat the soldier to death uh, before it is revealed that Ellie is in fact infected. Mm. Uh, she then explains that is why she's special cargo and that bite was three weeks ago. Okay, a few things to unpack here. What did we reckon to Joel bludgeoning a man to death with his fists? I think it was I think it was done really well. The like quick quick little flashback to 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 the moment. Um, you know, it wasn't it wasn't done necessarily in like a tacky way. It was done in a it, it was done as like arty you way. could see that being what just suddenly flashes through his mind. Like that's what it looked like. So it worked. Um and Someone like Joel, like you would, you would react in that way, wouldn't you? Um, I think it also maybe implies, like, I know it's early days for his relationship with Ellie, but it implies a little bit of protective uh, instinct um, that he might have over her. Yep. Um, yep. And um, yeah, I thought it was a, it was, it was a well used tool. Um, and brutal. I, I, I do feel a bit bad for that, for that soldier. Um, he wasn't, he wasn't the worst guy. Budget, Jake yeah. Jungle. 
budget Jake Gyllenhaal. I do think it shows you how broken Joel is, just as a human being, just surviving for surviving sake. They all are. Yeah, I know, but it's just a bit tragic, isn't it? Um, And it's only going to get more tragic, guys, because it's... (laughs) Like I said, if you think this has a happy ending... um, Well, they are the last of us. So... Yeah, very good, yeah. John. Why has no one very said good. that? Um, <laughs> well, fuck it up, they don't. Um, imagine that. It's so weird. Um, although, Part remember one. in The Walking Dead, in The Walking Dead, in the in the graphic novel, when he says, we are The Walking Dead, that is very powerful. Mm. So, maybe there it is says, room for it. We are The it. Walking Dead season four. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in the prison. And that is why Yay. I will become Superman 3. The, no. Jesus. Superman 4. The quest for oh. peace. The quest That's for the family peace. guy gag. Oh. Yeah. There you go. I'll say realize you're such a family so guy. Fucked it. <laughs> the fact that Ellie's infected and reveals this to Tess and Joel, they obviously can't believe it because, <laughs> like the guy said in the. In oh, the, uh, what? It. I can't believe what? that. <laughs> Honestly. Have you seen this? Have you, Joel, have you seen this? I cannot believe it. Ah, oh, honestly, I am stunned. <laughs> but like the guy in the chat show said, there's no cure for it. There will never be a cure for it. Or that's what they thought in the 60s can, anyway. I, can you believe this, Joel? Because do you remember that chat show in 1968? Yeah. They said there would never be a cure. <laughs> Well, she's saying she's been cured. Yeah. I can't believe that. Yeah. About an hour ago, they were saying it definitely can't Immune. be cured. But now we've got the cure here, I think. So that's good. Oh, <laughs> 80s song. Might be coming <laughs> up here. Um, just saying. The cure. I get it. So as they head into what is uh, an incredibly uh, grim uh, looking dystopian Boston with a storm illuminating the collapsed skyscrapers. Uh, we hear the radio back at the flat kick into Depeche Mode, signalling danger. Now, how fucking incredible is that last shot? Yeah, yeah amazing. Of the city. Absolutely Love amazing. It. it just looked stunning oh, man. in a really cool, scary way. The amount of exploration I would want to do if it wasn't for the bloody... Clickers and the shamblers and the bloaters yeah. and the stalkers, yeah, apart from yeah, them, yeah, and the hunters, yeah, don't worry you about them, don't worry about them. Um, and for you, Gareth, just being outside for you is disastrous. I mean, you, you you can't even interact with regular humans, mate. You're getting sick so much, so I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Didn't we, used to be the just, case, you know. Just you have to stay it's home. A bit like you have to stay like home. The scene with Sarah. Didn't used to be the case. I was fine before fatherhood. I could watch that stuff and not get choked up. I am. Um, so here's the thing. Here's the thing. Uh, the Last of Us game had one of the best multiplayer modes. And Gaz, you know, I played a fuck ton of this. Yeah, way um, too much. Called the fact called That's factions. I've I honestly spent thousands of hours on it. Honestly, and the way it works, John, is you go out. Uh, you have a you, you like kill other survivors and then you get supplies and there's a little there's there's a little bit of text on the side when you get it's just like a a text screen but it says how many members you've got in your clan and then on the right hand side it will tell you some interesting things about what your clan is doing um and sometimes it'll be like jennifer ate a rat to survive that'll be like a tag <laughs> that it says you know before you before you rat jump girl, into the next girl. next match yep. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and sometimes it tells you when people died and I could just imagine me getting back from one of these you know raids you know bringing the supplies back for the clan and then it just says Gaz Gaz didn't make it <laughs> <laughs> and I'll just have to go I just have to you know this situation is Gaz I just have to get back out there mate, mate. I'd we've have already to established live. we've already on. established okay. I'm, I've survived it all I know I, I because enjoy. of me yeah, it's in the toy yeah, store. Well, that's true. Endure and survive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you just talk about Jungle Book all the time now. I don't really, I don't know if that is surviving. I don't know. Have you got any <laughs> other films? <laughs> <laughs> the thing about Jungle Book is, it is a metaphor for life. And to be honest, once you've seen Jungle Book, you don't need to see anything else. There you go. You heard it here first. 
Right. Well, that is our scene by scene recap of the episode. Um, but of course, as promised, before we go, it's time to visit Click a Corner. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> <laughs> There's a clicker corner. Uh, this is Dicker Corner. Welcome to Clicker Corner. Mm. Welcome to Clicker Corner, everyone. Um, this is the segment of the episode where I will be telling you any Easter eggs, delicious Easter eggs from the video game, or anything that I think isn't obvious that we can go through. Um, so let's jump into it. The first one is the T-shirt that Sarah has on in the 2003 era is that of Halicon or Hallison Drops. I don't know how you pronounce Halicon, it. Halicon, isn't it? Um, probably Halicon. Uh, and there are band posters throughout the first game. And I thought this was really interesting because, I, you know, so it's a Reddit thread that I remember seeing fucking years ago. Um, and... This band goes on tour to every single location that Joel and Ellie go on this trip. Just a little Ooh. bit of story weaving there. Read that fucking years ago. And when I saw the T-shirt, I was like, oh, got to get that in Click mm. Corner. So, yeah. <laughs> um, we don't filter for quality in Click Curtis... Corner. It's just everything. Oh, there's no... No, it's everything, mate. Curtis and the Viper 2, the one that I reckon you boys would review is an 80s movie apparently it's not real it's fictional obviously um it heavily features in dialogue um for last of us part two uh with uh you know i'm not saying any spoilers but it's just in last of us part two so that's nice that they were able to sort of get it into here somehow very good uh sarah's watch or joel's watch is exactly like the game the line your watch is broken later said by ellie which i fucking love by the way um, is bang on such a good <laughs> line from her that you know that watch is important people so make sure you you know keep watching it keep watching that watch mm. right um this is tenuous this one's so tenuous um joel's wrench you know when he smacks nana around the head yep yeah yeah now i've been waiting for some sort of game type thing the wrench like the was it Sony PlayStation Wrench? <laughs> Imagine that. No, I thought it was a nod to the fact that melee weapons in Last of Us, you can only use them like once or twice. You know what mm. I mean? And he drops it on the floor. Yep. And I was like, oh, that's a little bit of a video game. Because why wouldn't you keep that tool? It disappeared awesome when he weapon. dropped it as well. It sort of flashed for a bit <laughs> yeah, and then yeah. just disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Um, now, this is one that is very interesting for people who have played the game and now have seen the first episode. Tess and Joel's intimate relationship is hinted at in the game, um, but never really confirmed. Here, <clears throat> I'm pretty sure, boys, are we saying that it's confirmed that they have an intimate relationship unless they're just mates who like to cuddle? Which I'm not saying it's not possible. I mean, yeah, it's not explicit. It isn't explicit. It's heavily implied. It's not over the top, but it's heavily implied here. I would say there's enough evidence on show to back up everyone that said that Tess and Joel do have a romantic relationship. Mm. Yeah, I think they do. I like I like that. Um, I like the fact that they've got a you know relationship. I I always thought that when I played the game. Um, so it'd be interesting to see maybe a bit more of that in the coming episodes. Would it have annoyed you if sure. it was <clears throat> explicit? Not not in that way, not like full frontal <laughs> stuff. But I mean, um, that's where the budget goes. <laughs> did you say full frontal or full fungal? I don't really. Yeah, you see, I did the disgusting yeah. tendril. Um, <laughs> Jesus you love your Christ. you love your tendril porn. Yeah, tendril. Oh, oh do, my yeah. god. <laughs> God, this, um, this show's got crass. Either that or Yowie. Listeners. Um, oh, my uh, word. Yeah, would it have annoyed you if it was like, yeah, they're just in a relationship? Mm. Yeah, I think I think the way they did it was 
actually quite like nuanced and and interesting and you know not over not like in your face which i quite like <laughs> you know it's like they keep they're keeping something back which well, i quite like i'll put it away mate i wonder if we will even see any more of it because it might just be one of those things where it's like it doesn't really matter it doesn't matter no i don't think it does matter but it, it's just a nice little nod um this is one that i obviously playing the game so much uh the amount of times you see shots of backpacks um backpacks play a fucking huge role in the game uh and i am waiting for some on the fly crafting it has to happen next episode or soon um because let's face it that is the last of us they definitely have to get a bit of that in there um escaping the qz is literally extremely similar to the game uh, the searchlights it feels like a stealth section um which i i'm i'm kind of hoping there won't be loads of stealth sections but uh i kind of like the fact that the escape from the qz was like that uh and i've written in my notes the sort of gameplay the sort of gameplay that john hates yes. so i think you hate that you hate stealth as well so i am confused um, as to why you keep playing this game because there is a lot of stealth. um no, I like stealth in like Metal Gear Solid and Last of Us. I hate stealth in games where it's just pointless. Whereas, I reckon he plays know, like this, a hack This has version. a narrative. Where he's like Robocop this, or something. <laughs> this has a narrative reason for stealth. All right. I think so. um, I did think it was a bit weird though. Like when they saw they saw little budget Jake having a piss. <laughs> it was a little weird. Yeah, I know what you're going to say. Like, yeah. And then they like decided just to still try and walk past him. Like just go back a little like just wait that was very video game it was really like they just they just they slightly mistimed it <laughs> yeah. he's turned around hey you there <laughs> but if you go back in the shadows he'll go hmm must have been imagining hey, things what was that huh? i think i saw something <laughs> over there huh? Huh? my imagination must be playing tricks on me <laughs> there's like an exclamation mark on top of his head huh yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> oh dear and the final one for Clicker Corner is the actress that plays Marlene is the same actress from the game. Oh, nice. That's good. There you go. Um, so that's it for our initial thoughts. Uh, the deep dive on the series premiere of The Last of Us. If people could be so kind as to subscribe, share and spread the word of this podcast, that would be incredible. If people want to go even further and join our Patreon, then they can go to patreon.com forward slash fancritical where you can get access to bonus content and, of course, help us out financially. Um, John, you like it when people give us monies, don't you? That's all right. I mean, I won't say no. But he never says no to anything. Well, So that's the way he is. Yeah. Okay. And Gaz needs it. He needs he needs fucking rations. Send in the money so we can get Gaz some supplies. I'll just spend it okay. on new jungle book related paraphernalia. <laughs> Fuck off. Fuck can off. We, you can jungle we book. end this pod with bare necessities just playing us out? Oh my god. Right. Anyway, uh thank you to Patient Zero, Gareth, whose fever dreams have taken him. And if he's not in the next podcast, you know what's happened, listeners, all right? So that's that. Can you imagine how annoyed listeners will be if we end without me saying any song from the eighties? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, good point, John. Yeah. Um, good point. So anyway, so see you later. Take it away. <laughs> um do you know what? What's I the thought song? about something from uh, human league, but I would probably end on something like just because it's going into the city. Uh, West End Girls from the Pet Shop Boys. Very good choice. Very good choice. Um, and on that note, thank you, John, and thank you for your eighties wisdom. No problem. I was born in it, molded by it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. Um, now, as we always say, let's go on another supply run, find more beautiful supplies and rations, help little Gareth. And in the meantime, <laughs> endure and survive. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>